Good morning. I want to welcome you to worship today. I'm Pastor Jeff Dadisman, and this is uh, St. John's United Methodist Church here in Davenport. I want to say welcome to those that are joining us online. Uh, thank you for worshiping with us as well. Uh, we have a radio audience that's also uh, receiving this message a, a week delayed, and uh, we're glad that they can be with us. And I want to invite you now to worship with us as we begin. Please join us for call to worship. We stand together on this Sunday after Easter to remember that Easter is not just a day, but a way of looking at the world. Oh God, death and tragedy come often into our news. Help us to live as Easter people every day. We are Easter people. We come to be reminded that we live on this side of the resurrection of Jesus. Oh God. Discouragement and difficulty come often into our lives. Remind us of your faithfulness. O God, if we are honest, it is tempting to give up instead of continuing to trust you with all the details of life. Remind us of your faithfulness. Jesus, when death and destruction come into our news, remind us that your goodness does not change or fail. Let us pray. Loving God, we are grateful for your love and grace for us. We open our heart before you and worship you. Please hear what we pray to you and answer to us. Lord, we praise you for your faithfulness for us. Oh Lord, we thank you for listening uh, ears and loving heart for us. Lord, please bring your peace and justice to the land of Myanmar. Lord, we pray for our St. John's families. Some of us are suffering from diseases and illnesses. Lord, we ask your special blessings for them. Cover them with your grace and healing light. Give them hope and peace in their minds. Lord, some need your wisdom and some need your comfort and encouragement. Lord, we all need your grace in our respective places of life. Lord, have mercy on us. Lord Jesus, we confess that you are the center of life and we want to anchor into you all the time. As we live our lives, we go through many ups and downs. Even in a difficult time, we want to trust you and follow your guidance. Lord, forgive our weak faith and help us grow in you every day. Lord, we lift past Jeff this morning. Cover him with your grace and fill his heart with your Holy Spirit. Grant him wisdom and confidence to lead St. John's as a senior pastor. Heavenly Father, now we come to you with the prayer you just taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
book of Hebrews 6, 19, and 20. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner, Jesus, has entered on our behalf. He has become a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. And Hebrews 13, verse 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. We, we've sung about a rock of ages, that Jesus is the rock upon which our faith can rest. And yet there's a lot of change that has come to us. And, and so what do we hang on to and, and how do we navigate forward and, and what does that look like? When, when we have a choice, maybe the, the change is a little bit more of something that we're, we're anticipating. And um, how many of you like getting a new car? You know, the, is that a positive change? Okay. How, how many of you like getting a new phone? You know, we, we sign up for new phones. How many of you understand your new phone? Fewer hands that time. Uh, we get new computers, new laptops, and, and I have a son that his main job is, is outfitting every office in his company with a new computer. And, and somebody from on high says, you know, we need to upgrade last year. And there's like 600 people my age. And as he goes and he works with each person, the next day he, he's so often, he says, I get this call, says, can I have my old computer back? Now, Susan and I just got a new car. And it was our choice. And it wasn't because the old car died. And we've never said, can we have our old car back? But there were some changes that came in our driving experience that uh, maybe you've encountered this a little bit. But the, the last time we, we bought a car, there was no Bluetooth. Although our daughter's college car had Bluetooth, it wasn't an option on the car that we bought. And, and so there's a whole new world of, of gadgets to get acquainted with. And, and last Sunday we went to Des Moines to see my parents, first time we'd seen them in a long time. And, and so we're going down I-80 and, and I'm enjoying my Sunday afternoon rest in the passenger seat. And, and Susan just puts it on cruise. Well, the new cars, the new cruise, I, I didn't know, but there's a little radar sensor, and, and it helps you not to run into cars ahead of you, right? I mean, that's a good thing, right? You, you certainly don't want to bump up your new car. And so we're, we're kind of in the, the right lane and going along, and all of a sudden I hear this, oh, you know, and, and the radar sensor says, oh, there's a vehicle there, and it wasn't going as fast as we were going, and it just kind of tucked us right in behind them. And people are passing us. And, and she looks down and like, I set the cruise. So she pulls out when she can and passes, and we're going along. And, and again, it, it just kind of senses there's another vehicle there and slows you down. And, and, and she's like, well, you get the manual out. Let's, why is this doing this? And it's one of the new, you know, technology things. And... Um, and, and we, we read the manual until we figured out how to turn it off. But then on the way home, I was driving, and, and just by default, it's there. It's on. And, and I figured out I like it. You know, I don't hit the semi, but I, I do have to get in the passing lane, and it'll accelerate. And, and when there's a slow car passing, I don't 
run into them either, but I don't have to take it off a cruise, and when they get out of the way, it'll accelerate and keep going. And, and so it took a, a little bit to figure out, is this good or bad? And, and we kept going to the manual, and, and we got home and pulled into the neighborhood, and, and I'm like, well, I wonder how the, the light bright function works, and I'm trying to turn on the, the, light head, or the bright headlamps, and it doesn't work. And so Susan gets out the manual, and, and she's reading to me, you have to be going 21 miles an hour for the lights to go bright. And it says it won't do that in your neighborhood, probably. So we kept reading the manual and, and all these different things. You know, and then we figure out how to tune your phone into the Bluetooth on the steering wheel. Does anybody know how to do that? You know, is that it's kind of fun. And, and so we get Susan's phone set up, and I think, I'm going to call her on my cell phone just to see what it sounds like. And then you have two cell phones Bluetoothing off the same steering wheel. And then our daughter calls, and it's talking to both of us. And um, the manual didn't say anything about that. But our, our church has experienced some changes in the last year as well. And, and it wasn't always something that we chose. There have been a couple voices in the past saying, you know, we ought to get our online experience to work. We ought to get our online worship options going. And it wasn't until March 20th, and we had seven days to figure it out, and we did it. And we've had a whole lot of people worshiping with us uh, on their phones, on their computers, and then uh, many of you figured out how to get it on your big screen TVs, and, and it was a little easier to participate. Uh, a number of people have chosen that the radio is, is their best option, and we added a radio ministry. Even last week, with as many people as we had here, we had twice as many people online worshiping with us from home as we had in person. Many people, though, express the sentiment of, I'm just longing for things to get back to normal. And borrowing an old phrase, what is normal other than a setting on your dryer? Um, normal, what is normal? What will normal be like? And it seems to elude us, even as we take tiny steps and make some progress towards what, what maybe the staff and I think is going to be normal I think this year probably needs a disclaimer, uh, get used to different. And I know that doesn't encourage those that are longing for something that's gone. And yet, uh, as we think about just the whole dynamic of change, I want to kind of focus in on the, one of the verses that was read this morning. We have this hope, an anchor for the soul, firm and secure, Hebrews is writing about the person of Jesus Christ, who is an anchor for our souls. And sometimes our, our souls get disturbed in the mix and the, the flux and the change that comes. And, and I, I know I've been in church long enough to have that sense of when, when I leave and come back, there's this, oh, it's, it's good to be home. It's good to be back. And, and for those of you that are just coming back in person it isn't the same as what you left. So even as much as we anticipate coming back, it doesn't quite fit, does it? And when I say get used to different, it disturbs us. Like, well, I don't like this different, and so we're chafing at that. But I think there's a symbol here as we think about the anchor. And that's going to be our sermon series here in the month of April, just looking at the Jesus is my anchor, 
in connection with different uh, parts of our, our faith journey. And, and so today we just begin, Jesus is my anchor when we're dealing with change. And sometimes we think of the anchor as, as what's going to hold us to what's unchanging, and, and maybe it's in the past, and maybe it's kind of going to tie us to what was, and yet I have a little different direction that I want to go with you on that. The anchor was a very important symbol to the early Christians. If you were to go to Italy and, and visit the catacombs, and the catacombs are the, the passageways kind of under the city, and when uh, the Roman Empire was at its uh, strength and the Christians were most vulnerable, the catacombs often were, was the cemetery. And the Romans are pretty suspicious, superstitious, scared of, of the dead, and yet the Christians who believed in the resurrection of Jesus found they could be safe amongst the, the graves they could meet, and that was the beginning of, of the phrase of the underground church. They literally met underground in the catacombs because that was the only place left to them uh, in, in that uh, fragile state of can we believe what we're going to believe and, and somehow escape uh, crucifixion and, and death in the arena. Um, and if you go in the catacombs, there were three symbols that the Christians often placed, and sometimes they were code, uh, sometimes they were directions towards a meeting place, but sometimes they were just uh, a symbol of faith on the marker of somebody's tomb. And those three symbols were the, the dove, the fish, and the anchor. The dove, we know as the, the symbol of the Holy Spirit. The fish uh, was a, a Greek uh, acrostic that uh, was the first letter of a series of words, Jesus Christ, Son of God, Savior. They, they took the first letter of each of those uh, titles for Jesus, and, and it's the ichthus. We know that as the Greek word for fish. And it became a, a code that uh, if you were meeting somebody, you could kind of take your toe in the dirt and, and you draw an ark, and if your um, friend finished with another ark, you'd end up with the, the sign of the fish, and that was, okay, we can talk. We're on the same side. So the, the dove, the fish, and then the anchor. And the anchor was kind of an acknowledgement that, that we live in, in uncertain times, and, and life can be tragic and tumultuous, and yet the anchor, the thing that we hold on to, is what keeps us grounded in the faith and so the anchor was an acknowledgement that, that life is often uh, full of calamity, and yet in the midst of the tossing of the sea, uh, there is a, a peace, there is a center, there is something secure that we enjoy as followers of Christ. When things are changing, we need an anchor for our soul. One of the changes that came to St. John's uh, was the, the closing of living faith as our uh, 10 o'clock worship service in the chapel. The beginning of this new year uh, that was announced in our, our newsletter, uh, said a couple times in writing. Last year, last fall, I remember reading uh, George Barna in their surveys, in their um, kind of thinking about what's uh, the, all the upheaval in America, said 20% of all churches will, will close in 2021. A fifth of all churches will die. 
And, and St. John's was large enough. We had four different services, and in each service, I would say, is like a small congregation. I mean, all different sizes, but uh, small and large. And, and so living faith is like a church, and its closure uh, has, has some loss, and, and those that counted that as their church home are, are feeling that. They've lost their, their place, their connection I know that it's not as simple as just saying, hey, come join us at another service. We have three other services. It's a change. And they chose living faith for a reason. And to help uh, with that change, uh, Pastor Jay and I are going to contact those that did attend there. And, and we're aiming at a, a time this summer to gather and to kind of pay tribute to all that God did through that service there are a number of, of local pastors that went into the ministry, leaders that uh, gave of themselves to that uh, initiative. Living Faith began 15 years ago this weekend. So this weekend uh, is a significant time in, in their faith journey. And so I, I share that today. This would have been the 15th anniversary for that service. It began as a, a satellite ministry of St. John's in Northeast Davenport. Its intent was to be a, a, a gathering congregation off-site that would reach an area where there, there aren't very many churches, that uh, people could have an invitation to Christ, and, and it started in a funeral home. Wirtz Funeral Home was the first place where they began to meet, and they met on Palm Sunday, and then the second week would have been Easter, and that was their launch. 15 years ago. Not everybody is going to choose to continue at St. John's. Uh, some are, some aren't. And, and I believe, though, that uh, healthy beginnings, as people start over, it requires a healthy ending, and, and our gathering in the future is going to be towards providing some closure and acknowledging uh, what was good and, and paying tribute to all that God did there. So I just want to share that with you this morning. The rest of St. John's has also felt uh, the, the trauma of this last year. I think it's not just COVID fatigue, but, it, but just that, that tsunami of everything that was, almost everything that was, ceased a year ago. And we were very much in that mode a year ago of, I sure hope we don't lose Easter. I sure hope we get to, to worship on Easter. And I remember... Um, about 40 days in on May, May 1st, thinking of, of Noah uh, quarantined in an ark. For 40 days it rained, 40 nights it rained, and I never read the, the small print, and it was 150 more days before he got off the ark. And, and I remember saying, and if I didn't say it out loud, I, I certainly said it to myself, I sure hope we don't have eight more months. And, and who would have ever known what, what this journey was going to be? and what it would do to all of us. When we encounter change, uh, sometimes we feel frustrated. Sometimes we lash out at others. We get impatient. You know, the, even the change that I chose with, let's get a new car. Um, I, I didn't kick the new car. I didn't bang on the dash. But I, I, I know Susan and I had some words like, why is this so hard to figure out? And, and then she says, we got this manual. I, I guess we should read the manual. We can learn this. I, I mean, I'm a guy. I just never think of reading directions. I'll just say that. 
You know, I'm so thankful for a GPS. You don't need a map anymore if you just know where you're going. In our faith journey, we also have a manual. We also have a place where we can get directions, where we can find guidance. And the Bible names the anchor for our souls, Jesus, God's Son. Jesus wants to be our anchor, and and as such, it doesn't necessarily tie us to what was. I want to give you a different picture of, of how sometimes an anchor is used. If a ship um, is, is caught on a, a sandbar, and you know, it's just a sandy, not a reef, not something rocky that's going to tear it apart from the bottom, but uh, a sandbar, maybe the ship gets caught as the tide goes down, there is what's called a kedging anchor, and the design, the intent there is that the, uh, a, a smaller boat, a, a lifeboat or a raft or something, you let the kedging anchor down, and, and the sailors, some of them would be deployed to go as far as they could with the chain in the direction that they want to go. With, if you're on a, a sandbar, you want to get back to deeper water. So they would row the anchor out, drop it, and then those on board, those sailors would, would run the winch, and it would pull the ship out of danger. Same if, if maybe the wind is blowing you into a rocky shoreline, they could use a kedging anchor to go out, deploy the anchor, and then the sailors on board winch towards the anchor. And as we think about our place in history, where we are at in this uh, time of flux and change, Jesus, the anchor, is something that, you know, Hebrews says Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The anchor doesn't necessarily need to change. The person that uh, as Hebrews said, um, he has opened the veil or the version that you read today, he, he's gone behind the curtain, is a reference to the Jewish place of worship, the Holy of Holies, the temple in Jerusalem. There was a curtain, uh, about a six-inch thick curtain, that when Jesus died on the cross, the curtain was ripped from top to bottom, symbolically saying, you now have access to God. And Hebrews is referring back to that, saying not only did Jesus open the Holy of Holies and remove the veil, but he became our priest and went into that Holy of Holies and provided himself as the Lamb of God, the sacrifice to end the need for further sacrifice. And Jesus did that for us in the past, and that is still effective for us today and into the future as well. Hebrews 6.19, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure, that our faith anchor is like a kedging anchor that will help us to go into the future. Christ, in the midst of change, says, follow me, come with me. Many people, not necessarily just a Christian thought, but many people anchor themselves to something to help uh, find a, a solid place to stand. And in this time of extreme change, it calls into question maybe what you have chosen. Sometimes we anchor ourselves to a career, a job, our, our financial uh, savings, and maybe that's been called into question. Sometimes we anchor ourselves to our, our home, our health, and, and when turbulent times come, uh, 
Maybe our anchor breaks free because it wasn't all that solid or stable. And we see people being tossed about in these turbulent times. And, and sometimes we are looking for a place to rest our hope. And I would invite you to check where is your anchor? What is your anchor attached to? And the storms of life will keep coming. That seems to be the one sure thing uh, that we can tell as we look ahead. Even if there is a, a forecast of sunshine, we know there may be a change, that there will be storms yet to come. I invite you to anchor yourself to Jesus because He gives us a place that is solid and firm and secure. Will you pray with me? Lord God, um, in, in the midst of, of this time, uh, sometimes it's a little unsettling just to talk about how much change has come our way. And yet I, I talk about it to invite us to do something specific, to take hold of the resurrected Christ, the victorious Christ, the Christ who, who holds the future, who extends to us um, the possibility of uh, trust in me, that he will walk with us no matter what comes. That Christ offers to be our foundation, offers to be that safe place, that solid rock. All those references of Scripture point us towards believing in the one uh, who has survived the worst that this world can do. Lord Jesus, uh, reach into our time of worship today. Touch our hearts. Meet our needs. We surrender ourselves to you. Amen. And I, I just want to reinforce one of the, the Scripture thoughts of this morning and invite you to say with me, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And as you go out, this, this image of the anchor, I, I want to give you last, one last little story. On the river above Niagara Falls, if you go further enough upstream, it's small enough that, that you can control a boat, uh, a boat with a motor can navigate just fine. And there is a walking bridge on, on this smaller tributary before it joins with the, the Fuller River that has a sign on the top side of the bridge that says, um, do you have an anchor? And as you go under the bridge, and if you look back, there is a second sign that says, do you know how to use it? So we have an anchor in Christ, and I would invite you to, to hang on to that anchor. Use it when you have a need. Now, let's don't strike out at others when change is unwelcome. Let, let's look up to God. Go to your manual. Look for the directions. What do we do as people of faith?
Go with Christ, and may you find the anchor you need this week. Amen.